Well, are you ready to get in the Word this morning? I am so excited. We're talking about the ABCs of faith, or you could say the building blocks of faith. You know, we're on the segment right now of what faith is. This is our fourth week, and I really want to lay a good foundation. As I've been preparing for this, I could talk about what faith is for a long, long time. It was interesting last week. If you'll notice, there were moments when lights were going on for people. The Lord told me that he wants to make this very simple, this walk of faith, this life of faith, very simple. You're created in Christ to walk in the faith of God and by the faith of God. You're created that way. You're created to walk in the love of God. This is, this is the normal way. You're created to walk in the strength and the joy of God. And you're created to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and be led by the Spirit of God. And, and what we face in our time in the church, we face distractions. You know, we have cell phones. We've, I mean, we could, take, we could take our office and our whole work everywhere. We can take social media everywhere, and that can distract our whole life. If you like sports, you could waste your whole life watching sports. Because it's not just on Sunday you watch football or on Monday. Now you could watch every minute of every day if you want to, right? And it's, so we have to be careful because this is the way it's set up. You have to seek first the kingdom of God. So today, as you came to church, you have to come with ears to hear. So in order to have ears to hear this morning, which is so important because as we're going to learn, the second thing we're going to deal with is how faith comes. Well, faith comes by hearing. So hearing is this, I've made the decision to put the word of God first place in my life. This is what governs my life. This is what governs my schedule. And you ask, well, you know, you're a pastor. You work twice a week. What the heck? You know, come, come get, get, go into the real world and try that. No, no, I've been in the real world. You know, I've been in the corporate world. I've worked the 80 to 100 hours a week consistently, week after week after week, which is not God's will. And, and I've still grown spiritually. Hearing has more to do with the attitude of your heart. So when you choose to put God's, God's word first, when you're in a position of hearing and, and you go beyond listening, see, some people come to church to listen, entertain me, make me feel good. I, I'm listening. A listener is not, has not made the decision that I will do what the word of God is saying. I will listen to it and then I will decide. Well, the Bible says in that state, James tells us that your best is to be self-deceived. It tells us that this individual, literally Satan doesn't have to do anything in their life. They deceive themselves, right? So, so a hearer though, I've put the word of God first and my attitude is I'm going to hear this because I reverence, I honor and respect this above everything in my life. And when I hear the word of God, I realize I'm not just hearing ink on a page, I'm hearing Jesus. 
Because Jesus is the word of God, right? The Greek word for the spoken word of God is rhema, right? The spoken word of God. The, the word for the word of God is Jesus. He is the living word. So I'm getting to know a person not just some concept or principle. As we are studying faith, we are literally studying a person because this is how God operates. Satanic leadership is like this. I'm going to tell you what you're going to do, what you're going to wear, where you're going to live, all of these things. I'm going to tell you these things, but I'm not going to do that. Godly leadership is always follow me as I'm following Christ. Jesus said, I only do what I see my Father do. I only say what I hear him say. So when you hear the word of God, faith is birthed. When down on the inside of you, you hear God's word, faith is birthed. So what faith is, the other building block we're going to get into probably starting next week is how faith comes, right? So we need to know that. And then we need to know, third one, how to release our faith, how to release it so that we can lay hold of these things that God has provided for us. And, and guys, in, in the health arena, you know, uh, they're saying in the natural and, and you know, who knows what's real and what's not. But I could tell you this, uh, Satan is out there to steal, kill, and destroy. So I would tend to believe, you know, they're talking about the increased numbers of people getting this virus, the fear level is getting higher, all this stuff. But that is not to be the life that we live as Christians, right? So we have to stand and we believe God because as we abide under the under the shadow of our Father, as we walk in Christ, man, you know what? We, we need to just believe God that any virus that comes in contact with us will die because of the healing power of God, right? So let's talk about this, what faith is. I really want to go over, we've listed eight things of what faith is, and I want to go back. My flesh does not want to go back, but... I want to go back because I know the Lord wants us to go back and take another look at these and then keep going. So we're going to do this real fast. Well, I should say this. We're going to do this perfectly. So turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 1, verse 16. This was the first scripture that we looked at. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. We said that the first definition of faith is faith is a lifestyle. So if you're taking notes, so many of you take great notes, you'll be able to fill these notes in because you miss things when you're... Pre Doesn't it get frustrating sometimes? You're writing something that man just jumped out at you and then you only get half of it and then I'm going, keep going, right? Realize, don't let that frustrate you. Let that make you come to the realization that you're never to listen to a message one time. If something jumps out at you, then go back and listen again. Listen 
in the confines of your own home with a notepad and with your Bible, with a little ruler to underline, because nobody, it's not godly to underline without a ruler, okay? Because, you know, that just, that just, <laughs> that might just be my personality, right? Uh, you know, you have, to, you have to be in a position where when you hear something, there are messages that I've listened to 30 times. There's been times when I will listen to something I'll listen to something the teacher that has said and then I'll go back and listen to it and listen to it 25 30 times it's you know it's it's 30 seconds long it's one sentence 35 times 40 times and all of a sudden I'll start seeing something different you know, so, so I want to encourage you, go back and listen to these. Outline them because you're on this planet to make disciples, right? It says in, in uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Paul speaking, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and to the Greek, for therein, therein, in other words, for therein, the gospel of Christ is the righteousness of God revealed. In other words, the righteousness of God is revealed right here in the gospel, right? How is it revealed? It's revealed from faith to faith. This Greek phrase, faith to faith, it has within its meaning a growing faith. As I grow in faith, the righteousness of God is revealed out of my life. It's what it's talking about. And then it quotes Habakkuk 2.4, the just, for as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Not the just shall use their faith when they get in trouble and have faith events. No, the just, the righteous, in other words, shall live by faith. It says that five times in the word of God. The just shall live by faith. It says it that exact way four times. And then in Galatians 2.20, Paul says this. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So righteousness is revealed in your life and out of your life as you grow from one level of faith to another level of faith. So this is how we're to grow. Number two definition, faith pleases God. The Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 11 in verse 6. The Bible says it is impossible to please him. Why? For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In other words, before you can even come to God, you must choose to believe that he is who the word says he is. We live in a society where people go, oh, this God thing, prove this to me. Right? Have you ever noticed some of the times in the Old Testament or in, the, in Jesus' day when they would say, Pro prove this. Jesus goes to his whole hometown and go, hey, do the works for us that you did in Capernaum. 
and then maybe I'll believe you. What would Jesus respond? No sign will be given to you. See, God only says one time to prove him. He only says, okay, listen, I'm God and you can test me in this area. And it's not for the world, it's for the Christian. And it's with the tithe. God says, that first dime out of every dollar of increase that I bring into your life, and you could say, but well, now time out, Tony. You know, no, no, I work really hard for that money. Yeah, with what body? Oh, who gave you that body? Who gave you the capacity, right? So, but God says with that, he says, this is so important. This is like, this is like going to kindergarten as a Christian. You, you need to get this area right. So now, he says, I'll let you test me in this. See if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings in every arena of your life. He said, you can test me in that area. But in the area of just believing God's word, okay, God, prove it to me and then maybe I'll give you my life. Right? God would say things like, okay, so go outside and look at all creation. All creation reveals my glory. Right? No, I want you to do something for me right now and prove it. Well, good luck with that one. Because he's God, right? Everything he has done, science is now catching up to the Bible. You know, all of these things. So the Bible says, though, without, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. So in other words, you have to believe that God is a healer to even come to him. So this is why... This teaching of, 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 I mean, it's, it's ignorance magnified. Well, God heals some, but not others. You know, it's his sovereign will to heal some and not others. But it's, I, I, and when I come to God, I've got to believe he is. So in order to be saved, when I come to him, I have to believe that he is who he says he is. That Jesus, he sent Jesus. Jesus died on a cross. I'm choosing to believe that in my heart, and now I come to God. I don't come to God in order, see, a lot of Christians are there. Well, I'm going to try this thing out. No, you, this is not, we don't try. Not one time in the Bible does it say to try. It says to do. And God right now is behind. I'm telling you, he'll bring revelation to your heart. He, for an unbeliever who chooses to believe, he will, uh, he'll uh, literally come into their life and show himself to be who he said he was. But you got to believe first. Isn't that interesting? You want provision for your life. To come to God and talk to him about provision, you got to believe he's a provider. Isn't that amazing? So you can't even come to God without first believing him. Wow, that's not, that's not in church building 101, how to build numbers in your church. But I'll tell you this, that book is wrong. Because God wants to build your life. God's way is much better than our way. 
So the Bible says in Hebrews 10.22, in the first part of this verse, it says, we draw, let us draw near to God with a heart of full assurance of faith. Father, I'm coming to you today, and I know you love me. I know you're my healer. I know you're my provider. And I'm coming here today to talk with you to receive some things for you that I need in my life. But I know, I know you. All, all of your promises are in Christ, yes, and in Christ, amen. Right? So number three, number three definition, faith is the means whereby you receive from God. Right? Faith, in other words, you receive everything from God through faith. Number four definition is faith never wavers. Never. If you're wavering, you're not in faith. Now, here's the deal. You could have thoughts that are messing with your emotions and your feelings. You could have doubt in your head when faith is in your heart, but you will know because when that doubt is in your head, the faith in your heart will speak up and eradicate the doubt in your head. In other words, when you're doubting something in your mind, don't just jump over here and believe the enemy when he tells you you're not in faith. This is how, this is how to know. Just start speaking the word. Right? No, Father, I know that Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain. And by, with his stripes, I was healed. When, when you start speaking that, you'll be able to tell that there's faith in your heart because it will dispel, it'll take captive all that junk going on in your mind. But you gotta speak, right? That's how you'll know. So let's look at this. These two definitions, definition three and four, Look at James chapter 1 and verse 5. James chapter 1 and verse 5. James says this, by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And then he tells you a little parenthetical definition about who God is. God is a God that gives to all men liberally. That means God always gives you more than you ask him for right? That's just who God is. He's El Shaddai. And then it says, and he upbraids you, another aspect of who God is, and he upbraids you not. That means he doesn't ever get down on you for the mess you've created. So who's getting down on you for the mess? Usually is number one, you, right? Number two, Satan is the accuser. So, so God's not doing that. But look at what it says in verse 6. But let, so if you lack wisdom, this is a principle of faith though. But let him ask in faith. In other words, faith asks. Right? Now this word ask, we've got to get this right. Because the word ask literally means faith calls for. Faith requires. Faith makes a demand for something God has already provided. But let him ask in faith, nothing 
wavering. It's the Greek word diacrino. Nothing wavering. Wavering, this word means to differ with, to oppose, or to contend with. Have you ever contended with something? Well, what about this? Well, this is what the word says. Yeah, okay, but what about this? What about, what about my situation? It's getting worse. You know, you don't understand. I feel bound. Okay. I'm contending. You're, you're, you'll never be able to receive from God in that position. I'm differing with that. Well, you know, God, God might heal some, but, but not everybody. Not, in other words, not me. Well, that's not Bible. You're differing. You're contendering, contending with that. You're going to waver. Well, what does wavering mean? For he that wavers, this is what you're like if you ever waver, and you'll know if you're wavering. You're like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Driven with the wind and tossed is the way it says it. So in other words, if you choose to differ or contend with or oppose the word of God, then something, another force that is in this world is going to drive you and toss you. As a Christian, as an unbeliever, if an unbeliever chooses, there's people out there, you know, they say it with their chest out. Well, that, that Christianity, that Jesus stuff is foolish. I'm an atheist. They almost wear that like a badge of honor. You feel like going, you kind of look like a sharp guy. But when you say things like that, you expose that you're really a complete fool. Right? And, 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 and literally, get around the atheist or the agnostic or get around the person who will not give their life to Christ. They're being driven and they're being tossed always. Right? God doesn't want them to live that way. That's how come he wants them to receive him. He wants to give them life. He's not mad at them. He, he loves them so much, he sent his son to die for them. Right? I mean, how many of you have ever been a fool or been stupid? Gosh, i got to raise both hands. I know. I could see stupid a mile away because I've, done, I've probably done some things where Satan took notes. He's like, wow, I've been alive for a long time and I've never seen any. I got to go back and tell my guys this because I don't know if anybody else is as stupid as that, but maybe there's another person we can mess up, right? So we, we can see stupid a long way away. But for the Christian, if you waver, you'll know you're wavering. Are you being driven? Are you being tossed by something that's not you, right? So faith never wavers. Faith is how we receive from God. Definition number five. Faith is the condition that comes from having believed something. I look to the word of God. I choose to believe it. And when I, live, when I look at the word of God and choose to believe it, now I'm in a position of hearing where I hear the word of God, and now faith is birthed. 
Definition number six that we talked about, faith is a settled condition whereby you believe and you're fully persuaded that it's already done. I'm not going to be healed. I am healed. I'm not provision. I'm not going to have provision provided for me. I already have it. I'm fully persuaded. I've believed that I have received and therefore I already have it. It's mine. I have it now. So what covers these two definitions, we went through Mark eleven twenty three and 24. So Mark eleven twenty three. this is faith against something, right? So look at this. Jesus said this, for verily I say unto you that whosoever, in other words, faith, the faith of God is for whosoever, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, Here's the disclaimer, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he's saying will come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Okay? So now, in other words, faith works through words to change your natural circumstance. Okay? Faith works through words. This is why the Bible says don't let the word of God depart out of your mouth. Always be speaking the word of God. Right? Verse 24. Now, this is the same operation of the faith of God, but this is now faith not against something, but faith to receive something. So, the word of God says here in verse 24, Therefore... I say unto you, what things soever you desire. Many times in the New Testament, this word is, it's, it's translated ask. It's the same word. What things soever you call for, require, or make a demand for. Okay? What things soever you desire, when you pray, when you pray, Believe that you receive them. So when are you supposed to believe that you receive what you're praying? When you pray. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. I really wish Jesus would have kept talking here. Like within 24 hours. Within seven days. I, see, this is why time right? Faith is always now. You believe you receive when you pray. You have to know that because Satan will always talk to you about God's part. So how, how is this going to happen? You're believing him for what? But, but you know eight people that died of that. I mean, come on, how can God give you a new liver, right? And oh, by the way, have you noticed you've been believing God and you just went to the doctor and, it, and he's saying it's getting worse. So what's Satan doing there? He's trying to pull, he's trying to pull you and put your faith in time to where all of a sudden you start to believe 
that someday I will be healed. Because there's not a scripture in the world that says God will heal you. All of them say he already has. So you have to believe that you receive when you pray and God says. Now, this scripture is forever settled in heaven. This is, this is it, it's impossible for this to not be true. He says, if you believe you receive when you pray, you shall have. Isn't that good news? Wow. So having, in other words, comes after believing. You have to believe you've got it before you get it. In other words, you have to believe you've got something that you can't see in order to have what you can't see in the seen realm. Does that make sense? I believe my faith reaches into the unseen realm and I believe that I receive what God said he's already given me. Now I can't see it, I can't perceive it with my senses, but I know I have it. God says if you believe that you receive it when you pray, you will have it. Have it where? In the seen realm, in your body, in your finances, in your emotions, in your mind, right? Depression has to go. Fear has to go. These things, the circumstance has to change. This is, this is Bible. This is not anything that Tony Finley has come up with. This is the God of heaven. This is the creator of the universe. This is how he's done everything. The Bible says that the whole universe that we see now was framed with faith. God used words to frame everything. So definition number seven, I love this one, faith is a law. Well, we know it's not a physical law, although it changes and supersedes physical laws. It's a spiritual law. Romans chapter three, verse 24 it says this, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Jump down to verse 27 for time. Now this is, this is the context. We were justified freely by his grace. So verse 27, where is boasting then? In other words, I can't ever talk, I can't come up to, I can't come up to Barrett and go, man, you know, I'm, I'm just really something. You know, I believe God for this, and I've done this, and my faith. No, Paul says, where is boasting then? The answer to that is boasting is excluded. By what law? Of works? No. By the law of faith. The law of faith does away with all boasting. Why? I lay hold of everything that God has given me with the faith that he's given me. In other words, it's not about me. It's all about Jesus. And when you realize your life is not about you, that's when you literally go from a natural life, you step into the Zoe life of God. Do you know God the Father, everything that he does is for others. If you look at Jesus, everything that he does is for others. The Holy Spirit, 
all of it's for us. I think they know something. The only reason why you and I are ever pulled for what we want is because of that sin nature residue that is still in the mind of our flesh. That's it. We step out of our body when, we're, when we see Jesus, and man, we no longer have this, this nature even messing with us on the outside. Wow. Think about that. There's no self-centered people in heaven. None. Think of all the stupid things you've done in your life. Every one of them were done in selfishness and self-centeredness. Wasn't, it was not even done by who you are. Because you're not self-centered. Right? The only reason why we ever act self-centered or have self-centered or selfish behavior, the only reason is because we're living out of the nature of our flesh. That's why it says to be carnally minded, to be fleshly minded, it's death. But to be spiritually minded is life. Do you know it's impossible to be offended by your husband or by your wife or by another person if you never consider yourself? Right? Now that doesn't mean, husbands, when you, you, know, you wake up and you, you make some food and everything and you just leave it all on the counter when you're done because you're tired and then your wife gets up the next morning and has to clean all of your dishes and if she ever says anything to you about, hey, you don't, you don't just say, oh, don't wait, stop. Don't consider yourself. No, 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 that's, that's flesh too, right? See, could you imagine? Because see, you wouldn't have left those dishes if you were considering someone else. I mean, it's amazing how it would just bring life into our life. So faith is a spiritual law. Number eight, so this is what we started last week. Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. Let's look at it. You guys doing good? Does it seem like this is sealing it a little more today? That's what God wants to do, is seal some stuff. So now, we talked about this last week, so we're going to go a little faster with some of these things and then get into some new things as we close. Now, I use the word close. I'm not, I'm not really close to closing. Okay, so I, 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 need, I need more time, right? And thank God I could tell by your faces, I'm considering you. So... <laughs> You guys are so blessed. I'm going to give you more time and I'm going to teach more. Pastor, come on. I need a cup of coffee, right? Bring it in here, whatever. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is, in other words, faith is always now, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We said, we broke these Greek words down last week, and we said you could translate this literally by saying, now faith is the confidence, or now faith gives confidence of things that you're expecting. Why are you expecting it? Because God said he's already given it to you. Hope is a confident, joyous expectation. It's not if it might happen. I'm going to buy a lottery ticket today and I sure hope that I win. It's not that way. Because that means I may, I may not. 
right? So, I mean, I've talked to the Lord about that. Man, I drive, get gas, and it's like $200 million. I'm like, man, God, you know what I would do with that money, right? That would just be awesome. Give me the numbers, and I'll play. And he's never given me the numbers. So Jeanette and I, the big joke is, man, we got to play. The, you know, we, we want to win the lottery. And then we look at each other and smile and go, yeah, but you got to play first before you can win it, right? <laughs> Now faith is the confidence, or now faith gives confidence of things that you're expecting. Why are you expecting them? Because the word says he's given them to you already. Faith is the proof, the proof that I have what I cannot see. It's the proof that I have that I have It's the proof that I have what I can't perceive with my senses. You can't perceive faith with your senses, right? When I went down and I bought my wife some uh, perfume years ago, because it lasts a long time. Well, actually, maybe I refilled it. Uh, Chanel number five, you know, when she wears that, it makes me want to kiss her. You know, uh, actually, when she doesn't wear that, it makes me want to kiss her. When she wears anything, and I won't say the other, okay, we won't go there. And I always want to kiss her, I'm just going to say that. But, you know, could you imagine if, if the lady, you've heard me say this before, come on, guys, come on now, at least you're all awake, okay. Praise God, I'm not blushing, I'm not blushing, right? I'm going to be like Torian, I'm just not going to blush. So, so if the lady handed me the tester bottle and said, oh, you need to smell this. Could you imagine when he showed me the bottle and he says, okay, well, well I, I want you to smell this. And I went, could, could you imagine the look on this guy's face? He'd be like, what, excuse me, sir, what are you doing? But that's exactly what people do with faith. They're, they're trying to feel, okay, am I healed? But you can't feel faith. You can't perceive it. That's why faith is the proof. What is my proof? My proof is that I'm firmly persuaded that if he said it, and he said all I got to do is believe I receive it, so when I pray, I believe I receive it. So I have it. I can't perceive it with my senses, so don't ask me how I'm feeling. Because what is that? I could tell you, man, my head is about to explode. But that doesn't, that doesn't locate me. No, no, what's the question? What are you believing? What have you believed you've received? That's, that's what we should ask people. When people are going through a physical battle or a financial battle, you know, hey, Pastor Elisa, how's it going? You know, what do you believe in you've received? And she'll be like, oh, you know what? I believe I received this and this. Man, you know what? I was in that situation. And all of a sudden now we're talking about the word. When Mark Hankins' wife, she, she was diagnosed with a, a deadly form of cancer. And she, they, they basically gave up for her to die. She's in the hospital. They would post. There was a lady in their church that was pretty intense. And she had a clipboard of the people that could go see his wife could go see Trina. And, and there's a lot of family members that were not on that list. 
And boy, I'll tell you, Mark said, man, people were mad as a hornet. What do you mean I can't go see my sister? Right? No, you know, you can't because she's, she's believing for her life right now. And she can't hear this nonsense. And, and, and she doesn't need, when you, when you walk in there, oh, how are you feeling? What is the doctor saying? So you have to spew out all this stuff, right? Bill Winston says when he goes to the doctor, if the, the doctor says there's anything going on with him, if his wife says, oh, hey, what does the doctor say? Bill will look at her and just look at her. Now he doesn't even have to say it. Because she knows Bill is not going to tell her what the doctor said. I will never speak it out of my mouth. If you want to know what he said, just call him. Email him. He'll email you back what he said. I'm not speaking that nonsense. I believe, I'm fully persuaded I'm healed. Right? Oh, you're just living in denial. No, I'm living by faith. Living in denial is living by what you feel or what you see because living in denial means you're denying having what God has already provided for you. See, this world's upside down, right? Faith has nothing to do with feelings or emotions. Bible faith, as we said last week, it's believing with your heart. It's not believing with your mind, right? So now let's look at this again. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now faith is the substance of things expected, in other words. Because hope means expectation. That's what the Greek word means. Now faith is the substance. Or now faith gives substance to the thing that you're expecting. Remember last week we talked about the thermostat is like hope. I set it to 72 degrees if it's 65 in the house, right? And, but when I set it to 72, I fully expect that the house will come up to 72 because I have a furnace, but now I can't see the furnace. But I know if I just hit that button, my, my room will get warm. Faith is like the wiring between the thermostat and the furnace. We said that last week. Faith is what gives substance. When God said, light be, his faith gave substance to what he said, and light is still going. The universe is still expanding at the speed of light today. It's amazing. In other words, when God says, every word that I speak, it will never come back to me void. It never loses power. It's never lost power from the time he said, light be. Wow. There's a relationship between faith and hope. Faith is not hope, and hope is not faith. Faith has to have hope attached with it. Why? Because faith gives substance to the thing you're hoping for. If you have this incredible Lennox or whatever train, this massive furnace that's just the best in the world, it would do you no good if you didn't have a thermostat. Faith has to have hope attached to it. They're different things. Faith can never be hope. Hope can never be faith. Right? Now abides faith, hope, and love. 
but the greatest of these is love. They're separate. They work together, but they're separate. Hope has no substance, right? I'm expecting it. It has no substance. But when I mix faith with it, faith brings substance, right? Hope is always future. Faith is always now. Hope is not a receiver. Hope can't receive anything. Faith receives it. Hope says, in other words, I will have it sometime. Faith says, I have it now. Okay, does that make sense? Faith gives substance to things hoped for. So I'm hoping, I'm expecting, I'm expecting my body to be healed and to change. The doctor has told me that there's no way in the natural for this to change. But I'm not looking. There's a law that I know about that's not natural. It's called faith. And I know God, the God of heaven, my heavenly father, my creator, has literally said to me, my son bore that sickness for you so you don't have to bear it. Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain, so now I don't have to. And when I hear his words, think about eternity. You're going to walk around with God, and he's going to talk to you. His, I mean, when he talk, I can't even hardly talk about it. Because when he talks to you, faith, peace, joy explodes because his words are filled with life and power. So because faith is for things not seen and not now, it's for the unseen. If you can see it, it's not faith. So now I don't look at my body or look at my finances or look at my situation and look at that to apply my faith to it. No, I look to the word of God. So in other words, my focus is not on the sickness or disease. I put my faith, where do I put it? 1 Peter 2.24, Isaiah 53, Matthew 8.17, Psalm 107.20, and I could go, Psalm 103, I could go on and on. I don't put my faith on a tumor. No, 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 no. My faith will change that. But I put my faith, faith is for things not seen and not yet. That's the word of God. And when I put my faith on that and I say, Father, right now I believe I receive my healing, what I know that there is a power that is released and now my faith will begin to bring substance to what I'm believing for. So when we talk about the healing power of God is working and affecting a cure in my body, it's bringing the money in. So now I'm, I'm completely at peace and at joy because I'm not trying to get healed. I'm not trying to get provision. I already have believed that I've received it. And my God says, I shall have it in this realm. 
Faith gives substance to it. Now it goes on to say, not only is faith the substance of things hoped for, faith is the evidence or the proof of things not seen. See, faith in God is simply faith in his word. You see a circumstance in your life that doesn't, this circumstance is this way, but the word says God wants you to live this way. Don't, don't attach your faith to the circumstance. Attach it to what the word says. You have to attach it to something you can't see. That, that is huge. Because people who are believing God, I mean, man, your body's hurting, right? There, there's things going on. But the Bible says a strong spirit of a man will sustain him. So that's why we build up people's spirit. We surround them with faith, with hope, with love. Many people want to get something and then believe they've got it. But that's not how it works. You have to believe you received something in order to have it. Okay? So let's go on. It even says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. 2 Corinthians 4.18, it says, while we look not at the things which are seen, right? We don't compare and consider the things which are seen, but we look, we compare and consider the things that are not seen, is what it's saying. Because the things which are seen are temporal. If you can see it, it's subject to change. But if you can't see it, it's not subject to change. So whatever is in your body today is subject to change, but God's words that says by his stripes you were healed, that is not subject to change. Wow. You, your current situation in your life, you might be sitting here today going, I am so, I've just blown it, I've done this, I've done that. You know, all this stuff... There is no way I'm a world overcomer. Guess what? All those things that you did and all those things that you think you are, you can see them. They're all subject to being changed. But the unseen, 1 John chapter 5, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. That can't be changed. You being in a situation that this thing looks like it's over, it's just not working out. And you're looking at it going, oh man, what am I going to do? And all of a sudden, all these things are going off in your mind about how this is going to affect your life and your career, your ministry, your marriage. All this stuff seems like it's falling apart. And then all of a sudden, see, all that stuff you can see is subject to change. But what's not subject to change is you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. What all, what's not subject to change is my Father always causes me to triumph. Do you see that? That's faith. That's faith. Unbelief is operating in what you can see and what you can feel. Unbelief always operates according to the natural realm. If Satan can get you looking at your natural circumstances, he will have you in unbelief. 
But faith operates, it's a spiritual law. It operates according to the unseen. If, if Satan can't get you looking at seen things, if you will just keep your eyes on the word, Come on. you'll never not be in faith. Do you see how simple that is? This is, this is why faith is a rest. Real faith in God's word says this, if God's word says it is so, then it is so. It is mine. I have it now. I have it when I cannot see it. Seeing as the little, cute little, uh, whatever she was, little elf in the North Pole. Remember that's the Santa Claus with Tim Allen years ago? And he's like, you know, I'm looking, I'm seeing a polar bear directing traffic, right? Everybody's going, Pastor, you watch too many children's movies, right? But there was a profound statement. This little cute little elf brings him hot chocolate she's been working on for like 600 years. I don't even remember, right? You know, ultimate hot chocolate. My daughter would probably love that. So, and he's like, I, I'm seeing a polar bear. I'm seeing this. He's directing traffic, but that can't be, but I just don't believe it. And this little, this little elf, who's you know, several hundred years old, just looks at him and goes, oh my goodness. Seeing's not believing. Believing is seeing. And that's true. When you believe God's word, God told Joshua, listen, Josh, meditate in my word day and night so that you might observe to do, or in other words, in the Hebrew language, observe yourself doing. This is Joshua 1.8 or 1.9. Yeah, 1.8. You'll observe yourself doing all that is written in the word. See, you'll start seeing yourself well on the inside. You'll see yourself coming to church cancer-free, diabetes-free, arthritis-free. You'll see yourself get out of bed and your hip doesn't hurt and your knee doesn't hurt. You'll start to see it and you will be fully persuaded that you have already believed that you've received it and you know, hide and watch, everybody's going to see it in this seen realm because God is a God who does not lie. So here's a big step. And I'm going to close with this. Boy, I had so many other things. You guys, you know, it just, Ryan, just that clock goes too fast. You must take the step of believing in order to come to the place of knowing. You, you have to take the step of believing. You have to make a decision in your life that I am going to believe God. I'm not going to believe anything but God. Everything that I see that doesn't line up with this, it's subject to change. My faith doesn't deny the symptoms or the circumstances. It will deny their right to remain. Right? And guys, you got to realize when you walk by the faith of God, there will be opposition. Don't, don't run out telling all your unbelieving family members 
that you're believing God because they're going to give you all kinds of trouble. They don't understand. Right? So be careful who you tell about things. You know, many times when I face symptoms in my body or face things, it's not that I'm trying to keep it a secret. I don't want to come to church and have 18 people ask me, how are you feeling? Can you tell me what's going on? No. No, no. This is what I'm going to talk about. Because this is where my focus is. Because I'm not, this is not a game. I can't even tell you the level of physical attack in my life the day we started the church. Literally, it's unreal. Why? Oh, because Satan, see, Satan would love, he hates this preaching. He hates it. I'm so glad that guy has no power. Because, man, he'd take me out in a minute. Doesn't want me preaching this. Guess what? I'm going to preach it here in a few minutes. Again. Then I'm going to go home this afternoon and preach it probably again. Right? (laughs) Probably when I go to bed tonight. Jeanette will hear it again. (laughs) Right? But you know what? Then she'll preach to me again. And we just kind of, that's kind of how we live. Right? Yeah. God loves you today. Receive this word, man. I'm telling you, it'll change your life. What faith is. Faith is precious. Amen.